welcome to the Faith Recovery Podcast, episode numero who knows. Um, <laughs> we are here today uh, to share our own deconstruction stories. This is kind of like this, something that's in vogue these days, is to, is to mm. deconstruct and share your deconstruction stories. And maybe your story isn't a deconstruction story, but we'll call it that for today's purposes. Alex, have you got a deconstruction story? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. <laughs> Um, sure, yeah. Uh, let's see, I guess probably about 2007, um, you know, my wife and I had been in Pasadena, and we'd been working, uh, you know, with a local church there for, for quite a while, probably about 10 years at that point. Um, you were the youth pastor? You yeah, we were a youth pastor, we were volunteer everything, you know, just kind of filling in everything, kind of waiting for our, our time that we thought, hey, you know, we can be a part of something, and maybe be actual pastors and so we had an opportunity to come up uh to move back this way uh which is Ar- arkansas northwest arkansas um i had family out here uh i had a job opportunity because i've always been bi- bivocational nobody's going to pay me to do this <laughs> and so i was able to come back and be part of a uh, a small church plant within the you know the denomination that that we were a part of um and so it just seemed like the stars aligned. We prayed about it. We felt good, you know, as best as we knew how. Um, came out here and joined uh, a team a team of people that had um, kind of congealed around the area and had been part of our denomination. We didn't know these people very well, um, but we felt good about it. And so, so for about a year, we were chugging along there. Um, we got a church building. I was essentially the associate pastor at that point that we had a lead pastor it was a uh, pastor that came up from like the Fort Smith area and uh, had by all accounts been successful you know had done well um, so probably about I think it was probably about 10 months into this um, uh, this pastor and his wife came to us one day and uh, came to my wife and I and were like hey uh, we need to meet with you we need to let you know about something that's going on so we're kind of like, okay, you know, <laughs> what's this? Um, they're like, oh, we've been asked to become uh, c- kind of like family, uh, national family leaders for the denomination. And uh, we think this is a really good opportunity. And uh, so we're going to be leaving the church plant. And so we want to ask you guys to take our place. And so uh, we were completely blindsided. Um you know, honestly, had no idea what we were saying yes to, <laughs> and foolishly said, "Okay, well, I guess this is what God wants." You know, because He called us to come out here, right? And, and surely to be successful and to you know, make this church plant go. Um, but it was probably two months into it, you know, that I quickly realized I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> this is uh, some of it was just the the feeling that I was trying to force uh, force things to continue. Um, where maybe they weren't meant to continue. Some of it was just like awareness of my own lack of uh, maturity and ability to do it. And uh, so probably about four months through us actually formally being the the head pastors of this church plan, I I, I talked to him again, like, we're doing this, but I can't can't do this. And so we pulled back, ended up canceling the whole thing. It just felt like colossal failures. You know, so then going through that whole process of like, God, why did you tell us to come out here? We thought this was what you wanted. Surely you want things to be successful. You want people to 
you know, be reached and hear the gospel and get their lives changed. And that's what we wanted. That's what you wanted, you know, but everything went sideways and, you know, now we have nothing. And so after that, we, we went through, uh, my wife and I went through probably about two years of just, we didn't really go to church anywhere. Um, we, every Sunday we just kind of look at each other and be like, what are we doing? <laughs> And it was really hard because uh, up until that point, our, our whole vision for our lives, you know, was like we were supposed to be doing God's work and building a great ministry, a great church where, you know, people are really getting help, which is all good things, but um, it obviously wasn't what happened. So work, working through that uh, was a was a huge process and so disillusionment yeah disillusionment uh, loss of identity and really just kind of stepping back so for the first time in our lives that that two years after we shut down um we had nothing pulling like really pulling or 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 forcing us to be like in ministry work because it's like all of a sudden everything just dissolved everybody disappeared and we were just left standing there with nothing and uh we had to figure out who are we <laughs> and what are we doing? <laughs> Why are we doing this? And so um, that that was really kind of the first step down this road. There's a lot of other points and milestones on the way, but it was that kind of being forcefully separated from our identity uh, of being um, being ministers or pastors. We, even though we had been bivocationally, the bivocational part, that was just to pay the bills, but really we were doing it so that we could, uh, you know, be ministers and pastors and have have that ability to spend our time doing that. And suddenly that was taken away from us. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like that shaped your approach to God? I mean, I know that you've had some other things since then. That's still you got us up to about two thousand nine, so that's still a while back. You got more story to, to share. Oh, but, there's but more story. That at that mile marker. How were you processing your relationship with God? I mean, were you angry at Him? Were you trying to understand, um, you know, were you sifting through your own, um, say, metric on how you decide what God wants you to do? I mean, when you get something wrong, when you're so sure it's right and then you you find out it was so very wrong, how do you, you know, future-proof that for the next time? How do you process that matrix that you use to decide what God wants you to do. And so where are you at that moment in your approach to God? Yeah, I, I think over that kind of two-year span, um, you know, a few, a few things probably happened. And it, it wasn't an overnight thing. I'll, I'll, I'll say that again and again. Some of this um, has been ongoing, and it just goes deeper and deeper levels. But I think the first was our... Um, how much our identity, our sense of worth, uh, was really wrapped up in what we were doing, like physically doing on a daily basis that gave us value, our uh, sense of value in, in who we were uh, based on on uh, ministry and doing things for God. And I, I think a lot of that was uh, the church culture that we were raised in. So everything was revolved around you know, who are we reaching for God? Which it can mean a lot of things. Are, are we yeah. leading somebody to Christ? You know, um, are we, you know, uh, speaking to somebody or, or praying for somebody? You know, all, all these things that um, 
you know that we we could kind of ba- you know base our our identity in and uh but especially as like a minister you know are we building are we building a church are we building a ministry and what is you know what does that even look like and just having that forcefully taken away i i think we realized that um most of it was really about our our own activity and our own ability to um, make things happen and so um in that sense it's really just about like any other job (laughs) you know but there's this whole layer of spirituality around it because like we feel like god's expecting us to do this and so if it's not working then it inherently feels like it's our fault and god's disappointed working through that is really hard if you feel like you know that i have failed and that if i had done things right this would have worked out you know and god's disappointed in me then jeez yeah. yeah that's a lot of pressure you know and, and stepping away from that uh, i think we had to work through the sense that um sometimes things just don't work out and it's it's nobody's fault hmm maybe God has a, a different plan. Maybe he's doing something different in me. And for, I think for uh, me over the years, and really a, a past, you know, it took another retired pastor to tell me this some years later, and I really kind of got it. And it's, you know, it was, uh, his, his quote that he gave me was, um, he's like, the most important thing you, you can do is shepherd your own soul unto the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it was a sense that, God is more, you know, interested in um, who I am as a person than what I do for him. But I don't think that that goes along with a lot of what we're taught. Maybe especially in American culture, we're very, you know, uh, structured towards um, building things and being successful, being very hands-on, very work-centered, having a deep work, work ethic and things like that. So who are we when we're not doing things for God? You know, so I think yeah. that was kind of the, you know, kind of the gateway into exploring a whole other thing of like, what is, what is our relationship with God look like when we're not doing things for him? Yeah. And are we actually doing anything for him or is this really about us? Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, as we talk about the idea of deconstruction and, and for us, I mean, I, I know that deconstruction is often used in the context of somebody uh, shedding their official Christian identity or affiliation with Christianity, generally that seems to be where that road goes. And yet, I, I like that we're using that, that term for things that are, that are short of that, that we don't, you know, I think that we can question our faith and we can question our approach to God and uh, still retain something and, and perhaps even retain a, a closer um, affiliation with with something more genuine and 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 so what you're really it sounds like there's a degree to which you're identifying a lot of the bathwater if we you know we're talking about the mm-hmm. you know if the faith is the baby um then church uh, you know you, you spoke of your denomination and that was kind of the culture there and and i think that organizations benefit from maybe what you would what we would call in in a corporate sense a growth mindset this this sense that if you're not growing you're dying and that if you are truly um a participant in this that you're going to grow the movement and you know and i think movements benefit from 
this sense of, of personal responsibility on the part of the leaders to plant something. And I know, I know a lot of, um, I, I, what I've noticed is particularly charismatic churches take what I, what I call an entrepreneurial approach that leaders are taught to plant new churches and that um, it's, it's almost like you're opening a storefront and a franchise and you're, you know, we, we've given you all of the, the tools and we've trained you and now you're going to go and you're going to franchise this particular expression of the church and here's a whole litany of people who've used our system and have franchised it successfully and the promise to you is is that you can finally get out of that side job and devote yourself you know if, yeah. you, if, you're, if you do this you can finally get out of that side job and devote yourself to something that matters that mentality works really good for the organization but it it doesn't, doesn't do work good for, for people. Yeah, and I, I've, I've always, yeah, I've likened it, um, yeah, to franchise a fitness club. Yeah, that a lot of churches are run as a franchise fitness club. It's a spiritual fitness club. Uh, you know, you, ha- you have your membership, uh, you pay your dues, uh, you try to show up once a week so you feel good about yourself. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's uh, it's very much a model. And then, as as the entrepreneur or the business owner, in your case, the the minister or the pastor or the team, or you want to call it, um, yeah, you, you've got to keep things going. You know, yeah. there's a lot of pressure there, but it's. Uh, you know it's tough so um, i think we've all been through this at different levels mm-hmm. but that you know for me that 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 event and that that kind of uh things that happened that was kind of our first step into really being separating ourselves from the identity of this is what who we are based on what we do mm-hmm. and really begin to start questioning a lot of things that we had kind of assumed over a long period of time so it's been many years there's a lot more to that but mm-hmm. yeah i want to yeah I kind really, of I really, hear you guys echo off of this because I I know your stories. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm tempted to think that people who deconstruct and walk away from their faith uh, possibly never had much roots uh, in the in a personal relationship with God. I don't know that that is a fair assessment, but my, I tend to think of it that way. That if you know Alex. He had all these layers, and I had all these layers, and I'll tell my story about you know layers of misconceptions. But deep down, there was a kind of rootedness. You were established in um, an experience of God that was real enough that you couldn't walk away from that entirely, and you were able to distinguish between your um, the reality of God in your life on the one hand, and on the other hand, what you had made of the Christian life, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't. I, I pers- my perception is that when people are deconstructing and walking away from the faith, that they uh, they can't make that distinction. And maybe there never was a distinction. Maybe their walk with God or yeah. their experience it's, with God wasn't real, but rather just their experience of church and of yeah. Christian ministry. Uh, but I'm I, not I sure think that's, that's a fair assumption. Yeah, I don't know if that's a fair assumption. Uh, I mean, one thing I, I can say in my case, there you know there there were more things that precipitated you know, precipitated this this whole journey, you know, uh, and deconstructing it, this was very much just like, you know, the start. Um, but I, I can look back and say, I don't think we, uh, you know, I had anything truly horrible happen to me. Yeah. Like most mm-hmm. of the things I went through was very much just a, um, uh, being forced to rewrite my expectations about, about God and what I th- thought the Christian life was supposed to work like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know people that have gone through 
truly horrible things and that brings a whole deeper level (laughs) of you know like what you're saying about you know what about the goodness of god why would he even allow any of this to happen in the first place you know and and that i i'm reluctant to put much judgment because i haven't been through anything that deep Mm -hmm. yeah and and, so it's a good point we should be careful about judging those who deconstruct entirely yeah um and uh, just quickly assert and assume that they must not have ever had a, a real relationship with God to begin with. Yeah. And it must have just been this, you know, exterior um, adoption of an exterior way of life, and it would never yeah. have roots. Well, some of those things, I'm like, if I had gone through what they had gone through, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know where I would be. You know, I don't know how I would have responded to that. Maybe I would have completely fallen apart, and uh, who knows? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna uh, segue to myself. Uh, tell the parts of my story that uh, that are relevant to this discussion, and I, I really key off of Alex here because um, I relate to a lot of the things he said. I think probably Nathan's story will too. But um, I came up in well, I didn't come up. I came up Catholic, and then I became uh, a Baptist when I shortly after becoming a Christian. And then you I mean you got I saved. Became, yeah, I got saved, uh, and uh, it wasn't that long before I was a Baptist preacher boy, and that became sort of my identity. And so I think the the seed was sown at an early age that you can have sort of validation from ministry, from uh, you, the use of your gifts, whether they and you know they're you know, realistically it's some combination of natural gifts and spiritual gifts. And so there was a real encounter with God, in which I that was that was there uh, at an early age and an understanding of grace that led me uh, into Protestantism and becoming uh, joining my mom's church and getting baptized and then joining the youth group but it wasn't very far after that that it was captured by the flesh and this sense of oh I could be someone important I could be I could I could have a have an identity in the religious world uh, by being a spiritual leader uh, a preacher type and that led me one thing to another you know eventually I found myself at seminary and on the the ministry track and so the uh, my character was way far behind my gifting and my abilities to speak and lead and sort of impress people um, with words and with theology and ideas and with assertiveness and confidence that led me into a ministry job uh, and ultimately into being uh, the lead preacher at a church and I was at sort of advancing uh, in that role and in that world uh, professionally vocationally far ahead of my own personal moral spiritual development and so secretly uh, I was struggling uh, with sin and my marriage was um, failing and I was coming apart at the seams in my character and that caught up with me and so I had finally to realize that it wasn't gonna work anymore I tried for years to make it work um, and couldn't 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 continue to pull off the performance Uh, so I had to leave the ministry to go and seek personal change and the healing of my own soul the healing of my marriage and my family which I think over time God has done so that's really shaped me and my my deconstruction. So it's not been a walking away from the Christian faith. It's not been a way. It's not been a walking away from Christian orthodoxy. 
uh, it definitely has been a, uh, a deconstructing of an identity that I had as a religious leader. And that was very painful. And this is the part that, I, that I'm relating to. I don't, I don't hear in Alex's story this great moral failure. His character was, you know, uh, the problem. But, uh, but, in, but it was in my, in my story. And that has shaped my deconstruction. This, for one, I had to, that, that identity as pastor-preacher had to be drained away, and that took years. And that was a painful process to come to a place where my identity is not in uh, how I perform in the church, what role I play in the church. Um, and then I think the other part of it is the, the, um, the realization of what a hypocrite I was. And um, that has really shaped my thinking. And so that now it's, it's, it's been really hard for me to... Uh, sort of participate in, in, in religious services and in sort of formal religious life because I, st- I tended to see it through the lens of my former self. Um, and so I've had to learn not to be judgmental of other <coughs> pastors uh, and project onto them what, uh, what I was. Um, and that's been a, a process for me. But I, I'm much less oriented now to like formal... Uh, church services, church um, ministries, formal uh, indoctrination, and much more oriented to um, what, uh, to personal character development uh, and spiritual formation. So for me, that's a shift. I think um, I still sort of retain that sort of fundamental Christian orthodoxy and still see it as really important, but I, I, uh, see it as so essential that we be transformed inwardly by the gospel, uh, that's really my focus at this point. It's been my focus for the last 10 years in my life, and I think that's sort of my focus going forward. Whereas, for, whereas before, it was, you know, um, it was very much about selfish ambition and my, my vocation and what I could do in ministry and how I could grow a church. Um, and now it's much more oriented to how am I being changed? Are the people I'm with being changed? Who are we becoming? Uh, is is now much more my 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 deconstructed version of the Christian life. So during those last few years, when you realized that you know who you were as a as a person, your character seemed to be eroding, or perhaps just wasn't keeping pace with your profession um how are you processing that with god like surely you felt some tension like god you you you've put me in this position you've called me people depend on me and so you yeah surely you felt some sort of responsibility toward those people toward your calling the church whatever and then and before god i'm even and then you felt also on this other side this deficiency and, and the degree to which god is disappointed i mean how are you spanning that gap Give us that kind of crisis that you're in in that past in now, that last year. Or year yeah. Later. Oh, I was in crisis for several years, and really, I mean, just desperately clinging to my role, my job, my vocation, which was my identity, and really, um, um, you know, how can I manage to keep get you know get myself and my marriage and my family together so that I can keep this uh, this identity that I have, and so that was the crisis was the 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 fear of losing my vocation and, and that and my identity that came through that. I think increasingly it became a sense of r- a remorse over who I had become. 
and how I was hurting others. And that's what led to the change where it was like some actual repentance started to emerge, uh, where it's like, I, I'm not right and I need to get right. Um, and that's more important than maintaining my job, my vocation, this religious identity. Uh, that shift finally occurred for me. Um, so the crisis went from how am I going to manage to keep my profession to how am I going to change? I've got to change. Yeah. I'm, I'm not right, and I've got to change. Well, I think that's one probably big theme with everyone that's deconstructing from some whatever their relationship with Christianity or faith is, is um, a realization that I can no longer conform to whatever these expectations or whatever the standard is for um, being a Christian, being a part of the Christian community, being part of the church, being a pastor, you know, in our cases. Um, I can't continue to, to do this and, and remain an honest person. There, there's something else going on inside that's deeper that I have to acknowledge. And so uh, I think people reach that point where they feel like they have to make a break. And um, and so that, that that's that's very difficult, but I think that's the start, right? It's like, okay, I, I, I have to change something. Um, and I think depending on what the situation that people's in, that can take on a lot of different, mm-hmm. different shapes, different nuances. Mm-hmm. In our case, we were very much involved at a ministry level. A lot of people are just involved at a being a member of a church or a church community that they grew up in or became a part of. Um, but something happened and brought them to this point where they're like, uh, there's like a mismatch. There's a cognitive dissonance here between um, what's going on inside of me and what I'm expected to believe or do within this greater culture that I'm a part of. And so that's. I think just continue to play itself out more and more over the intervening years. And if church were a place where you could actually be open about that disconnect, where people could say, you know, we, they could just lay it out and they could say, I'm struggling, you know, I'm struggling with my faith, I'm struggling in my marriage. And in yeah, my, in you're my saying all this stuff, but it's not actually working for me. Uh, is there something wrong here? Uh-huh. Yeah, and just the, the fact that most people um, can't do that without in some cases walking away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we left, when I quit the ministry, um, there for multiple reasons, I basically, I think, you know, I think basically I had ruined church for us, and um, so we spent four years in a house church, um, and so for the, for us, deconstructing didn't look like walking away from the faith, but it looked like, and I think God provided this house church for us so that it didn't look like walking away from the faith, because at the time, I don't think we felt it was possible for us to attend church services. Um, it was just too, too it was painful. It was too painful and yeah. disorienting. Yeah. And there's a whole history there. And so it was wonderful to land in a house church for a few years. And house church comes with its own set of problems. But with, uh, but it took us years uh, to get to a point where we could go back to a traditional church. And even now, our, you know, uh, we're changed uh, by what we've been through. And you know, whereas 15, 20 years ago, I was all about building up the, tra- 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 the traditional church, now I'm just, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to be a faithful supporter of my church, my local church, but in reality, and, and, and sincerely want to be, um, I've come out of the cynicism, and now I'm like, I really want to support my local church, and, um, and yet at the same time, 
the enthusiasm for the institution is just not there, you know. Um, and so, and I, I uh, which, which I think is, is maybe a healthy thing. I mean, I'm not enthusiastic about, you know, attending worship services and making sure worship services are these, uh, you know, are growing. And I, I, I'm like, you know, fine, we'll do that. But um, that's not what it's really about. Uh, so I'm trying to illustrate the shift. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan. Yeah. What's your story? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, if anybody uh, ends up listening to this podcast, then thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, but, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't ha- haven't had that, um, that layer of Christian devotion, let's say, to fall from. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That, that um, all of us have, have had some sort of an echelon in ministry that um, kind of has positioned our basic faith in God as a, as a cushion uh, to land on when, you know, this attempt to go into ministry. When ministry is the bath water, then, you know, it perhaps affords uh, some sort of a ready-made place to land when it comes to just our own personal walk, our own personal faith. Um, and, and for a lot of people, they don't have that because they're not in full-time ministry. Um, and so they, they just begin to question the faith itself. Um, you know, they're, they're operating at this level of professing Christian rather than person in ministry. And so, you know, I, I, I think about how they're, how they process this and how they, deconstruct. I mean, and yet at the same time, I, I think that for people in ministry that letting go of that dream is as traumatic as abandoning your faith. It can be because there is this identity mm-hmm. that we kind of build up around being in ministry. And so to absorb that and to process that, that I'm no longer defined in this way, um, can be as, as, you know, as troubling as just losing your faith in general. Um, I don't know if that's helpful to note, but I just want to acknowledge that probably a lot of people who listen to this are, are, are maybe cynically saying, well, you didn't, you know, you didn't go through the same thing I went through, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you had this, this layer and you've only made a, an update or a modification. Um, you continue to affirm your, your core beliefs, even though you are, you've retracted some to some degree, and and I and I think that that's a fair critique, but it, it's also a naive critique in that people may not appreciate the kind of psychological pain there is in leaving that ministry identity. You know that there is a degree to which that is as painful, um, especially if your livelihood, you know, as you can't work full time, and your livelihood is wrapped up in this and uh, this notion that now, you know, in in for you probably in early midlife, I guess, or in your, what, it was in your 30s, mid 30s, mm-hmm. um, that you, you know, that you had to make this major course correction. So I, I mean, I think that there is a degree to which that is a deconstruction that is tantamount to what a lot of people, say nominal churchgoers, go through when they shed the Christian identity. Well, and we had to go through that, right? Yeah. Uh, for us, since that was a part of our identity, you know, integral part of our identity and our and who we are as Christians, 
in order for us to get further down the road, we had to start somewhere. And that's why mm-hmm. I started my story there rather than later. Because yeah. I, I have continued to deconstruct. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's a lot of things that um, I have uh, let go of it, even just in regards to things that I thought were essential. Mm-hmm. You know, that I'm, now I question about right. my faith. I'm like, well, I, I thought this was an essential tenet of being a true Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, now I'm looking at it saying, well, maybe this was more of a cultural you know, uh, trapping that I kind of took on as, as a believer, you know, in America or mm-hmm. however you want to say that. But we, for us, because we were so deep in that whole structure in that culture, um, we had, that's where we had to start. And yeah. so I think everybody starts somewhere. There, there's, there's mm-hmm. some like first step that took them down, you know, this road. Um, and for us, that was it just cause that's who we are. So yeah. Nathan, you got to get to your story, man. I don't think, yeah, I mean, I, I'll introduce it, I guess. Introduce it at least. Teaser, teaser. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm blessed with having been so desperately wrong um, in the past that um, acknowledging that I'm wrong is not a strange thing. I, I, you know, I was so catastrophically, painfully, tragically wrong in terms of just my very approach to the Christian faith that um, that just is something that it's not a strange thing for me to entertain that notion, you know. I um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the specific group and denomination just because um, I think it's important to acknowledge the nuances of that. And if somebody's in that same group or whatever, uh, but you know, I, and for me, I I honestly. I, I started I started out deconstructing in, to some degree um, my you know I, my mom took me to the Baptist church and I went there and and yet uh, I I don't know how long it's been since my mom actually believed any of this or whether she ever has um, that you know I, I think that she's always held it as something that's potentially true but probably false the things where she's at and so even though she was taking me to church I think it was more of a, she had this parental guilt as, um, you know, I didn't have a dad and, and she's hoping for adult, you know, role models. She's hoping for morality training, perhaps. Um, and, and she saw value in that. But, you know, privately, it's kind of like, you know, we're molecules in motion and this is probably none of it's true. Um, and so I've always kind of been in two worlds in that sense of, of coming up in the Baptist church. And I, I remember even having a confrontation in Sunday school as like a, probably a nine-year-old kid. I'm like, look, if this is all so important, why does somebody have to pay you to do it? You know, um, just confronting the pastor and stuff. Um, so that was, I, I think I started out deconstructing or at least being somewhat critical, cynical, skeptical. Um, I think there's a song that goes like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but that guy. And um, so, and, and you know, in, in the church growth movement in the 1970s and 80s, church was very much, at least as for a young person, church was um, lock-ins, and I'm like, what? You mean I can't leave? <laughs> you know, it was it was <laughs> volleyball, and I'm like, I don't do team sports. I'm an only child. You know, it was uh, pizza, and I'm like, I don't know why, but I don't like this. It, you know, it, I was lactose intolerant, and and so you know, nothing about coming up in a in a big Baptist church in um, the '70s and '80s was appealing to me. Um, I was just kind of a, a on the outs, and so there's there's a degree to which I didn't even 
want to do that thing. And my mom being as, um, you know, modern as, as she, as she was, or at least attempts to be, uh, was like, you know, when I was 12, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And, and she was like, that's fine. You know, you can make up your own mind about what you want to do on Sunday mornings. And I'm like, thanks. Cause this is ridiculous. And, um, but I, uh, as I began to just reach out in that existential despair, you know, I, I didn't go to church for several years. And then I saw a 2020 episode about these highly successful people who had all attempted suicide. That's, you know, doctors, lawyers, you know, everybody who, who was making, they were making six figures. They had the family, the house and the gated community. They had the nice cars and, you know, they just wanted to off themselves. And, um, I, I projected myself into that and I thought there is really no point in any of this. And, um, I still think that today, to be frank, um, without the gospel, there really is no point in any of this. Um, and so... If it's not true, I think that we just need to be honest and say there's no point in any of this. Uh, but uh, that be, that got me to, to searching out churches just because I didn't want to off myself at 16. Um, and um, ended up in a church that I would say was, you know, ironically, was a part of a movement in, the, in America in the 18th century and 19th century called the reconstruction or the the restoration i guess is what it would be called what it was called and so they're they were deconstructors from way back you know i mean there were people that's like hey let's blow up every evidence of of human tampering with this and get back to its most basic form and that that mentality was pretty ancient you know this idea of deconstruction is not new <laughs> you know um and and, and you can say that paul deconstructed yeah, oh, definitely, but I mean, I don't, I think, and even now, I think most people are not ready to deconstruct to the level that Paul did. Right now, whoever you are, whatever you believe, I promise you Paul deconstructed further than you. That's um, why all the yeah, Jews wanted be, to kill be the, him. That'll be the subject of future podcasts. Yeah, it future is, podcasts. it is. So I, I'll, just, I'll just start, I'll just introduce my story by saying that, you know, um, my deconstruction journey began with deconstructing church as I had experienced it um, as a teenager and, uh, and reaching out for something. Because what was appealing to me about, I ended up in a uh, Church of Christ, a small Church of Christ. So I came up Baptist, um, didn't like all of that stuff. And, um, and what appealed to me was this message that we are just trying to follow the New Testament. And there were no lock-ins. There were no pizza parties. Um, there's no volleyball. There was the Bible. <laughs> and so, you know, and oddly enough, it was a very small church. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that taught me that, you know, by and large, most people just aren't coming to church for God. They're coming to church for whatever this multitude of other things that churches are offering and uh but i was or partially i actually had a crush on a girl that went there so that was how i chose that church <laughs> but it, it wasn't honestly i was i was in a search for god before that i just thought well i could i could probably get two things done <laughs> you know um and and it that but i i began to feel the tension that you know hey if, if this is true then i i surely need to purify my motives here you know and so I, I did 
quickly course correct and and it became about a pursuit of God but it, I and so I would say that deconstruction phase one for me was going from church and a church definition of the faith to the New Testament and at least the New Testament through the lens of a particular group. And so I would say my, you know, between ages 16 and 17, deconstruction phase one was to go from church to the Bible. Hmm. And we're out of time. So I would just say Give us a teaser for what uh, phase two was. Phase two was when I realized that the Bible is not a reliable way to define the faith. Now, that's a good teaser right there. I think we should Whoa! end on that right Now we're there. getting into the good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. stay tuned for the next episode what? of the Faith Recovery Podcast <laughs> where go. Nathan unpacks that provocative statement that he just made. Yeah. Say it again for us. Uh, that the I Bible is never... not a reliable guide for how to define the faith. Yes. That that's... is an interesting statement. Yeah, it could be troubling, but... I think I've talked to people who shed the whole Christian identity because the Bible let them down. And um, ironically, the Bible itself says, stop trying to define Christianity by me. Okay, well, you're going to have to come back for another episode. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. See you next time.